0: Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about Boogie Nights?
1: I am, because after all, we are the watchers of movies.
0: So, hello, everybody. We're back again with another. Awesome episode! Hello, yeah. and we have a special guest. We do. My friend Bell from the other side of the state. Hello. She was also on our Spider-Man: Far From Home episode. That's yes. Me. Yep. <laughs> Back again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this movie is quite different from Spider-Man. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. You
0: can say that again. <laughs> that is the truth. Well, first, we have a mini topic this week, and our mini topic is movies that are based on or inspired by real people. So, who wants to go
2: first?
1: I think if Val would like to go first, she should, because she's the guest.
2: Mm-hmm. If okay. you would like to. Um, yeah, sure. So, I chose the movie um, uh, Aaron Brockovich mostly just because I love that movie and I could I could literally play it over and over and over on repeat and I don't get bored of it. And it's just, it's so 90s and like Julia Roberts is great in it. And I, I just love that movie so much. <laughs> it's such like a feminist, like
0: like, yes, women like being who they want to be but also like making changes in the world. It's awesome.
2: It's like a rights to riches story. She she does it all herself and she's just like a very fierce individual, Mm -hmm. you know, and just, I just like it. I like it a lot. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I love the part when they're talking to the lawyers from the other side and she gives, she's like, oh, we brought this water in special to you from the place where they were Thankfully, saying, the. <laughs> yeah, I love that part. Like such a slap in the face.
2: It's so oh, perfect. God, I, love it. I love it so much. How much is your uterus worth?
0: <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in forever. That was the first R-rated movie I ever saw in theaters. So. Ooh! Wow. <laughs> my mom like was like, "Let's go see an R-rated movie," and I was like, "Oh my god! Okay." <laughs> Is that how she really pitched it to you? <laughs> like, probably not. But <laughs> you know what I mean. But uh, she's like, "Do you want to go see Aaron rock Pitch?" And I was like, and uh, and I remember being like, "Oh my god! It's an R-rated movie!" Like I was so excited over it, and then I went to see, it and I liked it. So, but I don't remember. I think I've only seen it once, oh, and that was geez. the first time, like, oh, yeah, the first one the time. I would watch it again, though.
1: Legal dramas, in general, can be pretty entertaining, and yeah, so yeah, it's bad pretty bad. cool, like, it's got multi-layers because it's, like, a real story, but also, like, just a fun, like, legal
0: drama, yeah. Yeah, 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 like, legally blonde. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> Oh, she actually played um, Vivian in, like, a,
2: the, play musical in the musical version. version of it.
1: Oh, that's cool. Really? Yeah. yeah.
2: So it's funny because our, our L is, like, a natural brunette, and I'm a natural blonde, so we had to, like, crisscross our hairstyle. Oh, wow. Tell anybody that I was dying my hair, I just showed up. And my favorite reaction, my, my other friend, Lauren, she did, like, a, literally a triple take, and she went, oh, your hair! <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. I love like, it. guess it's in good. the
1: modern age we have something called die.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go next Sam or you want me to go?
1: Um, I'll go next. Okay. So, the movie I chose is, is uh called Fighting with My Family. And okay. It was made last year in 2019 and it's about uh Paige. She was she's a wrestler in the WWE and it's a really fun movie because it's made by steven Merchant, so oh, it's funny it stars nick frost and uh florence Pugh. she plays the main the title character and it's just it's a really good movie and it's interesting because i think it's easy to have preconceived notions about professional wrestling because i know i did before i started dating mike i didn't really watch much of it and it's easy to think like oh it's all fake and these people are all just like acting but they're real athletes you know like the outcomes are staged but the things they do are you know they have to be really strong and they have to know what they're doing or they can seriously injure themselves or somebody else you know oh, yeah, for sure. and so the story is really fun because it's like a comedy you know but it also gives you a really cool behind-the-scenes look at just what the life of a wrestler is is like and what it's like to get I mean the WWE was like is like oh. the top of the mountain basically like if you're a professional wrestler you wanted to get there and so the journey to get there is you know let's say like out of 100 wrestlers not many get to be like superstars like the rock you know so it's it's just an interesting story to get a behind the scenes look at that business which i think is regularly looked down upon by people who don't really understand it right and um it's also a good
0: story well, she's great i love her um she was in midsummer and she was awesome at that yeah 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 um <clears throat> that sounds like something i would like actually Ooh.
1: it's pretty fun it's pretty fun can i throw out another
2: another movie that <laughs> sure. i just thought of yeah i tanya that, that is pretty, a really good one yeah i i really enjoy it it's got a great soundtrack it's got uh, margot robbie is amazing in it like I she's fucking love margot australian robbie. and her american accent is on flanks and she plays this trailer trash woman she just does it so beautifully <laughs> I saw half of it,
0: but I only saw half of it with you, and then I never watched
2: oh my the rest. God. Yeah, it, you should finish it. It's a great movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's intense. Like, but Alison Janney is also really good in it.
2: Yeah, and um, yeah.
1: it is. Yeah, Margot Robbie is amazing. Amazing. She deserved all the accolades she got for that role.
0: I, I agree. I fucking love Margot Robbie. I'm like just a little bit in love with Margot Robbie. Like anything, <sighs> and I'm like. <sighs> Margo. <laughs> like, I'll watch you because Margot Robbie's in it. <laughs> she's, a, she's a great actor, really Yeah. Bad. Oh yeah. She's, she's very hard. talented. Yeah. Yeah. I think that she doesn't play like I think that she could have really easily been pigeonholed into like sexy roles oh, yeah. Yeah. because of like Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. But she's she's outdone herself with playing like, you know, Harley um and Yeah, and um oh, yeah like Elizabeth the first um Queen Elizabeth the first and everything you know like roles that aren't like necessarily seen as like beautiful or like sexy roles and I'm like I appreciate that because she's willing to like put herself out there into a position where um you know she's it's just nice to see that like it's not she's not stuck in one spot she's willing to like do all sorts of different things in order to like really like pump up her resume you know yeah so. she's
2: she's willing to play a strong female character and right. she's like okay with not being the gorgeous stunner the whole time mm-hmm. you know like I, I imagine she's got a good deal of confidence because a lot of women are like no i need to look pretty all the time and it's like honey you don't yeah it's yeah. like hey you're not gonna burst in flames
0: <laughs> One, also <laughs> all stories be like about all sorts of different women because exactly. there's not like not all women in history are going to be, like, super, you know, beautiful, like, it's, it's, like, Very it's few a, of them actually. yeah, <laughs> I mean, you're not gonna, like, like, Jonah Arcs not gonna have, like, a whole face of makeup on the battlefield. <laughs> I
2: know we're totally deviating, but, like, I, I love the, the, this, there's this whole concept about Cleopatra, right? Cleopatra is historically said to be one of the most beautiful women in history, but the thing is, if you look at, like, the coins with her face on it, she was not beautiful. She had a gigantic nose, mm-hmm. she had, like, a really average face. So in reality, they say that she was just so incredibly clever and so incredibly confident in her own sexuality and her own everything that people were like, no, how could an ugly woman do this? She must have been beautiful. And it's like, oh, cool, thanks. That woman can't do stuff on her merit. She has to just be... Yeah. Well,
0: and there's like there's <laughs> men out there that I not consider necessarily like conventionally attractive, but they're so charming and charismatic that you're like, oh my so um, I can't I'm really kind of specifically thinking of the dude from Dracula but I think he's really good looking so I don't know I I can't think of anyone specific but it is true confidence and charisma and and charm can really get you places you know so yeah yeah Yeah,
1: for sure that's a good one that is also a good choice I, I like that movie too yeah.
0: yeah. Lauren, so, what's yours? Mine's called The Clove Hitch Killer. And it's with Dylan McDermott. And it is a basically about the BTK killer, Dennis Rader. It's more or less like inspired by him. It is a very creepy film. It's way better than I anticipated it was gonna be. It like will put you on edge the whole time. And it's like he, like Dylan McDermott is so good at being like super creepy. It's it's very intense. I wouldn't recommend it for everyone. Um, there are some scenes that I was like, okay, this is a little too much. <laughs> so, um, but that's mine. It's it's uh, it's interesting. It's pretty dark. It's messed up. But if you're into true crime, like I am, I would check out the Clove Hitch Killer.
2: You're into true crime. I am. <laughs> I'm shocked.
1: I know. <laughs> Not fake crime, true no. crime.
2: What no, is BTK
0: shit?
1: Lauren, you sometimes you say something so confidently that I'm afraid to ask. So for the duration of the time you've been into true crime you've said btk killer and i've been too ashamed to tell you that i don't know what that means i just <laughs> pretend that i know
2: i'll tell you i'll tell you it stands for bacon tomato and kale no
1: oh he that's hates bad. health food and bacon yes
2: <laughs> that's what
1: he did his victims before that actually
2: makes more sense <laughs> i understand <laughs> and then he killed
0: them. Yeah. no it stands for bind, torture kill so oh okay. kill killer. I like
1: bacon tomato. Yeah, that sounds more pleasant to me. He, um,
0: like, nicknamed himself that, and I guess when he, like, sent it into, like, the newspaper, he was like, um, is this an okay name to use? And I was like, God, Dennis, you're such an embarrassment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I like how you're saying he should be ashamed of like, okay, his nickname. First of, all, of this
0: idiot, like, was, he had been <clears throat> active for, like, 30 years killing people and the reason that he got caught was because he sent in a floppy disk to the police, and they traced it back to him. Of he did. Yeah, and he was like, "Is it okay if I you a floppy disk with like all this information?" And they were like, "Sure, yeah." And so he sent it, and they were like, "So um, we got you, asshole!" <laughs> and then yeah, went, just
1: another example of how technology is going to kill us all
2: <laughs> or save oh us all. <laughs> <with> <laughs> all those serial killers. <laughs> uh, maybe he wanted to get caught, though. I mean, at
0: that—that's point- true own headed mistake. I don't know. Yeah. I just really dumb.
2: Well maybe, but they do say that well, I mean, getting away for that for like 30 years though, like that that's gotta take some level of clear you know, cleverness or maybe at least luck. But like I mean they do say that like some criminals like kleptomaniacs frequently want to get caught, like whether they are it or not, because they can't stop and they need somebody from an outside source to be like, that's it, you're done. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's um, good. Like people like boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. Is that a movie that was released in theaters or is it just streaming? Because I've never, I don't think I've ever heard of it.
0: I don't know. I, I'm honestly not sure. Emily had, um, brought it with her when she came over and we watched it. Oh, okay. So, yeah. But it was like, I was surprised at actually how good it was. Like, I was anticipating it was going to be like, a, like a, well, <laughs> I just bought, like, or I just started a trial for, like, Hallmark, like, movie clubs. Cause I was like,
2: I'm shaking just... <laughs> my head at you
0: want to watch a bunch of, like, shitty
1: like, movies. um, A bunch of movies starring JCPenney catalog models
0: basically. (laughs) Yeah, like, oh, well, and I watched this one and I was talking to Sam and I was like, I was like, okay, so it was like this couple that had, like, teenage kids, but the couple was, like, 40 and, like, 38 and the kids were clearly, like, 25. (laughs)
2: Like, I was like, (laughs)
0: So yeah, the kids are like 13 ish, like, and, and we're, we're established adults, like we're established adults with like good jobs. And I was like, y'all are too
2: young for your children to look that way. The casting person was like, we could make that swing. So, yeah. like, I've seen that before. Like I saw it in a Hallmark movie. Or it, was, it was part of it. And it was a woman who was playing a high school student, but she was very clearly on the cusp of being in her 50s. <laughs> Well, yeah, like her face and stuff, so, but her clothes even—like she looked like somebody's mom just sitting in the class, and she's like, "Oh, I'm 17 and it's like nobody believes that. <laughs> That's so funny. There's no way to wrap your imagination around it. Yes. no,
0: yeah, no, it's uh, they're really bad. I rewatched the Jody Area story, and that was like, and it's just like, uh, actually, that wasn't that bad.
1: Oh geez, okay. I'm cutting this out. Okay, <laughs> I'm just <kidding. laughs> I don't know if I will or not. I'm just giving you a hard time because this is what you do. You go, oh, this movie is awful. I'm smiling, but I hate it. I love how much I hate it. I love this movie. Okay. It's my new favorite You're
0: movie. Right. <laughs> journey that you take. <laughs> You're right. I do that. I'm like. Love- I'm like, oh, it's such garbage. It's such garbage. I mean, I loved it, but it is utter trash. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then two days later, like, so I'm watching the Jodie Arias movie again because I loved it. <laughs> oh, Anyway, that's a good choice. The Go-Pitch Killer is a scary title. It sounds mm-hmm. supernatural almost, like close. Yeah.
0: It's definitely not supernatural, but it is very intense. And Um, I did not think Dylan McDermott would be able to be that creepy. I was kind of like, he's kind of like, I thought he maybe was the kind of actor that has like one level.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: No, he's
1: pretty talented. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, are you guys ready to talk about Boogie Nights?
0: I'm ready. (sighs) We're ready to talk about Boogie Nights. So what did you think about it after rewatching it?
1: Um I have a lot of thoughts and I think it might be I've I haven't seen all of Paul Thomas Anderson's movies. I've seen a lot of them. I've seen most of them, but I think this one might be his best movie that I've seen. I think it's it's not nearly as shocking to me now. The first time I saw it I was probably like 24 and I was watching it with a guy friend and I remember thinking like where do I look? You know, like, do I watch the screen and he'll think I'm weird? Or do I look aside and he thinks I'm even weirder? So it was kind of shocking at the time. But now, like, having seen it already, but also just being older, it wasn't quite so shocking. But I think it's it's an amazing movie. I think it's like, it's so clear. There's such a clear beginning, middle, end, hero's journey prodigal son story i guess you'd say and it's it's very like what
0: cock hero's journey
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah like you can you can sit and enjoy it and immerse yourself Mm -hmm. in the story and know where it's going and i think that that's why i think it's his best movie because um dirk diggler is a very lovable character yeah all of the main characters are very lovable surprisingly for how dark like there's a lot of dark heavy things that are happening in the movie but they're all like likable and as for his other movies i find that like there will be blood like who do i care about in that movie you know they're all villains they all seem kind of bad and so i really like how this one was a narrative because i think my main thought on the movie is it's really easy to make a movie that's like visually stunning or, to make a movie with lines that make you laugh, but I think it 's more difficult to just tell a good story and to have the movie be good as well. Does that make sense? Yeah. and I think yeah. this movie is in its simplicity is really, really well done
2: um, you know it 's really interesting to me that you 're talking about like how it 's very clear how it has the hero 's journey and all that, and in retrospect, I agree with you one hundred percent, but this was actually the first time i 'd ever seen this movie through oh. Oh, it was not obvious to me what was going to happen. All I knew was that it was about, like, porn stars and all this stuff. And, like, everything is great. They're making the movies. Dirk Diggler's, like, getting more and more famous in his circuit. He's making more and more money, all this good stuff. And then at full oh, 180s, and he's suddenly a raging drug addict, and everything is going to hell. And there's Marky Mark in a fucking recording studio, like, trying to be rock Oh, my God, that was so which terrible. Which was terrible and so funny bad. at the same time. Like, but it's, like like... And around that point I was like I don't actually know how this is going to go. I'm <laughs> to see how this plays out. And like every single character like splinters off in their own story. Like the whole thing with like Buck in the in the in the donut shop and you're like what's going to happen to Buck? Oh my gosh. And then what happens after? And like the, yeah. Yeah, the consequences. Like it's just very interesting movie plot-wise. Yeah. Very very complex. Like surprisingly complex. Yeah. It's, drag you into it like this is just going to be a fun fruity piece about like you know just kidding it's a drama
1: (laughs) yeah Um, there's so much intensity happening around the main storyline that it I think it adds a lot of like richness but also like oh wow didn't expect that to happen Yeah. yeah
0: so I had the unique experience of not seeing it but knowing the story or who it's based on so I did kind of know what was going to happen because I was already knew what the story of what happened with John Holmes. Um, the ending of Boogie Nights is a lot happier than his real story. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, I I mean, we'll get into it later. But um, so I really liked it, though, like a lot more than I thought I was going to. I, I enjoyed it. I it was uh, I had no idea that it was a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, but um I guess I'm not really super familiar with his stuff, but it was definitely something where I was like, okay, yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Something, something else I have to say. So John, John, our listener requested this movie Mm -hmm. and one of the messages he sent about it, he said it had a really great soundtrack and I have to agree with him. Like the world that they created in this movie was fantastic because it starts in the seventies and it just like, us having never lived in the 70s it's just exactly what my imagination says the 70s probably looked and sounded and felt like and the soundtrack added so much to the whole movie like there were some scenes like the scene when they were in um that crazy drug dealer's house when Dirk and um John C Riley and Todd were there and they were trying to sell him like the cocaine mixed with I don't know like Baking like, baking soda yeah and there, there was a the music playing like um, Sister Christian, I think, was playing. And yeah, yeah. I thought that just added so much. I don't know. It just it was it was a really good time capsule, the whole movie with the music that would play and like the music and the visual and the music and the emotion of the scene and, and many of the scenes was just so well done for me that um, I thought it was pretty powerful. And you know,
2: speaking, speaking of that scene, um, it was funny because when <clears throat> they were had- when we were watching the the scene with the drug dealer, she was like Lauren was like, I think that's Alfred Molina. And I was like, No. She's like, No, it
0: is. And we're like arguing like, about I'm, it. I'm like, I'm positive that's Alfred Molina. And she's like, No, no, no you're not. wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> she's like looking it up and she goes, Oh, it is Alfred it's Molina and I was
2: like, Um, I know, walking IMDB. Hello. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, but that, that scene is super interesting because, like, Alvin Molina's character is completely unfazed by these firecrackers that are going off constantly Which in the was, background. like, freaking me out. Like, I was getting, like, it really was, irritated yeah, it with It was, was probably on purpose to get under the, the audience's skin, but there's that really interesting shot, and this is, I think, the only time this happens in the movie, where uh, Mark Wahlberg's character, Dark Diggler, is sitting there on the couch and he's like zoning out or something. Like you don't know what's going on in his head, but it's just this long shot of him. And like John D. Riley turns to talk to him, but you can't hear him. All you can hear is the music. And it's like a really long shot of just yeah. him staring. And it's like just like I still am like, what the hell is going on in his, in this brain right now? Like, is he like we need to leave right now? We need to do this, or just like my life is hell, or just is there nothing there? It's it's Really interesting. I thought I was like tripping out. I was like,
0: why are they focusing so long on this? I'm like, is this a really long shot? Is this a really long shot? What is happening?
2: You, you were like, I'm, did like, it, it freeze? I,
0: I was like, I was like, what's going on? I'm like, he is not moving. What is happening? And then, yeah, there was it was just, it was
2: interesting. Just
0: a long, very long shot of him. Yeah. Yeah. purpose
2: like the the, the cinematography <laughs> in this movie is really good yeah and they, they do stuff like that like on purpose like there's there's that great shot when they're in the diner like at the start and like he's still like whatever the, his name is before he takes on the name dirt digler and like eddie eddie and the camera like it, he's sitting across from amber waves and and the camera moves so that she's on like the wrong side with all this negative mm-hmm. space. Yeah. And then it flips over to his side and it's the same. And it's very clear how they are like separate from this conversation visually. And it's, that was clever. Yeah.
0: I was like, I was like,
2: they're going to fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I like, I
1: like how you can see her like setting her sights on him. Like, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. She's like,
0: yeah I love it. Um, So. I, this is, I can honestly say, I think this is the first movie that I've, like, the first full-length film that I've ever seen Burt Reynolds in. I don't, I think I've seen him in things, but I don't think I've ever seen, like, a full movie of his. Oh, really? I, started, I really liked him. As, uh, what was his character's name? Um. Jack.
2: Jack, yeah, Jack Horner.
0: Yeah. Jack Horner, little Jack,
2: Jack-, Jack Horner. <laughs> We were like
0: Jack Horner, me like more like Jack, Jack Horny.
2: Horny.
1: <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. I,
2: I, I his hair, though. It looks me like too. it was painted on, but in the most beautiful way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was nice. It was very nice. Oh, I
1: like that in this like chaotic world of making pornos and like like sex and drugs and this chaotic thing, he was like so steady the whole time. Yeah, so, he was like the
2: father figure.
1: Yeah. And he yeah. was like he was in it to make money. Like he was a busy- he was savvy and he stayed clean from a lot of things. Like the other guy, the guy that like provided the major funding for them to make the movie, like got in trouble for pedophilia. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Like even Burt Reynolds or Jack, Jack's character was like, oh my gosh. Like I just like the way he like floated above everything. Like he knew to keep everything above board, regardless of the fact that you're in the pornography business, you know, like he had a good head on his shoulders and, and well, I thought yeah, that was an interesting character trait.
2: Interestingly enough though, I mean there's that one part where I think I think it was the Colonel comes to him like on New Year's Day and he's like the future's video. And Jack is like, no, it's film. It's film. And it's like, that rigidity is going to bring you down, dude. <laughs> you finally embraces video in, like, the weirdest way possible with the limo, which we can talk about in a minute, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, I, um, choices. <laughs> I like that
0: Jack was very, like, insistent on having his pornography be more like an art form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, like, two people having sex with each other on the screen, you know, um, and he's talking about how he's like, oh, I really want to make these stories that like people will sit and they'll watch the whole thing. Like they'll come, but then they'll like sit in have it. to see, yeah, they'll sit in it and they'll have to watch the rest of the film. <laughs> Visual. I know he said that. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, you <laughs> um, but to him, it was important to have, you know, his, like his porn remain, as an art form, which is, is something that is pretty rare. I feel like nowadays with pornography is that it's, you know, people are making it cheaply, you know?
1: I think that, yeah, that's like the message that Val sort of touched on. Like back then there was no internet. So if, you know, if you wanted to do good, good porn, like intense, like well done porn, you could because nobody was going to usurp you easily yeah. But then when the in the movie, when like video started to take over, it was like, oh, well now way more people can produce movies. And now with the internet and everything and cell phones it's like, you don't need, you don't need a big budget or art, you know, you can just make it. So I, I think that's sort of what they touched on with video. And that's why he didn't want to start filming on video right? at first, because it's like, no, like, like I'm king of the castle right now. Like he... He basically like ran the market, you know.
0: Yeah. And
1: yeah. and obviously, any now anybody can do it. I guess you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, pretty much,
2: yeah. If you have yeah.
0: like, a cell phone, you have a camera.
2: Well, I mean, even back back then, like film mm-hmm. or uh, porn would not have been shown in the home. It would have been done in the theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or something, so he probably didn't want to give that up because there's there's like a whole thing. Like, I'm going to the theater. Oh, what are you watching? Oh porno? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it like would have like cemented that he's an artist. Uh-huh. Yes, know? yeah. They have to go to a theater to watch a film reel, you know, and like that's a huge part of his identity, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think Jack considers himself an artist. Yeah, you know. Yeah, number one. Um, and mm-hmm. a smutty artist, you know. <laughs> yeah. So um, when you're first introduced to, to Eddie slash Dirk, and he's like, I was like, oh my god, how old is Mark Wahlberg in this? Right. He's such a baby. I know he's such so, a baby. That so, so little baby face. And uh, I I didn't realize initially that Jack was like watching like his dick in his pants or something. Yeah, I didn't you know like. <laughs> And then he approaches him, and, uh, and uh, like, Eddie's just so used to, like, men, like, approaching him to, like, watch him, like, masturbate or just, like, show them his dick. Like, it's just, like, he's just got such, like, an enormous long, you know? And uh, in real life, John Holmes had a 13-inch dick.
1: So that's who Dirk Diggler is based on, this John yeah. Holmes guy?
0: Okay. John Holmes.
1: Yeah, I something I really liked, um, Mark Wahlberg, I think, was probably perfect for this role because he was so, like, innocent but ambitious at the same time, yeah. and he's so easy to like because he has such a boyish face, and he was so polite to everybody, and he was, I don't know, I I really loved his character, and I loved his role in this movie, and I liked, like, I really felt bad for him when his mom was kicking him out or when he decided to leave because his mom was like yelling at him and he was like don't be mean to me and i was just i don't know his character was so easy to like and and it was easy to go on the journey with him because of that
2: yeah, yeah, I it, agree. Was, yeah. it was really actually refreshing how like even though this is the 70s and this is specifically a porn set like his first shoot and he He's asking Amber, like, are you okay with this? How do you want me to do this? Like, do you have any preferences? And he's just like really concerned about her enjoyment and her well-being. And it's yeah. like, shit, that's hard to find nowadays. This was like 40, 50, 50 years ago. 50 years 50 ago. 50 years yeah. ago? Come yeah. on. <laughs> well,
1: like 40, I think it started in 1977. It's so like oh, 43 okay. so
2: three 40 years ago. ago. It's still a long time. <laughs> a long time. And it's like, it's. Just like a uh, gentleman, take take a page out of Durkin.
0: <laughs> right. Seriously. Ask, At first, ask, and then maybe once he gets into drugs. Don't, yeah, take d- it. don't don't take <laughs> don't don't it from his but, but, but I
1: I did like I liked how like of course he would get into drugs because here's a big group of people who are making a lot of money and are young and attractive and. Of course, he would get into drugs, you know, and and I liked the journey. I liked how Amber basically just
2: introduced it to him, you know. She's kind of sad too, cause like yeah. like his his like surrogate mother figure, and she's like the start of his downfall. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I remember really yeah. a lot. Yeah, I, um, so. I would say she's probably one of my favorites. Amber waves of green. <laughs> yeah, Amber Amber waves. And I was like, Amber wigs of grain. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Julianne Moore is so pretty. And Which I really liked her I really liked her part in this movie as well. And it was so sad. Like she talks absently, sort of sort of in the beginning of the movie, she talks about or maybe Burt Reynolds first mentions it that she has a kid. Oh no, you see her on the phone. She's she's on the phone trying to talk to her kid, but presumably her ex-husband on the other end won't let her. And then right. later they're having that party at the house and, um, the guy picks up and he's like, Oh, there's no one named Maggie here. No one's named Maggie. And he puts the phone down. He's like, there's some kid on the phone looking for someone named, looking for his mom. Like, named Maggie." I didn't even put two and, two I
2: didn't and either. And <laughs> I was, together. And so you mentioned that. That's definitely something that you pick up when you watch it another time, yeah. which, which is another sign of a movie is that it's got all this hidden stuff for you to pick up. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think about it so
1: sad and then and then he calls it he goes to the other room and he's like is there a maggie here but nobody really pays attention and nobody knows her name well nobody knows her name because she's amber waves you know and and then um later in the movie like much later i think maybe at the custody hearing they call her maggie and that's the only time you ever hear her name but the camera does focus on her right after that and so Oh, I didn't even notice. But that. anyway, um, yeah, so it's so sad because the one time her kid reached out to her, they were having this raging drug party and she and it showed her like snorting cocaine or just finishing snorting cocaine. So she wasn't in the room. And I don't know, it's just there's so much that's happening on so many levels. It's very, yeah. very good.
0: Yeah. And it, it kind of makes you wonder like what else um, like some other people have experienced and the Pornography industry, like as far as in the 70s goes, as far as like um, Having children and stuff like that. And and I mean, because it's Even now, I think That it's kind of like it's such a taboo thing To like be in pornography, which I really don't think it's taboo. I don't think that it's really As big of a deal as people make it, you know um, As long as it's consensual between two adults who gives a shit <laughs> my mind? You know what I mean? Um, but it's very sad that she, she like clearly misses her son and she talks about him a lot and everything. And, and it's like, and you don't even know how old this kid is, but you kind of assume like probably like 10 or something. Very young. Yeah. And just her husband being, un- or her ex-husband being unwilling to like even let her see him. And I understand his his qualms about it, you know, she is around a lot of drugs and obviously. sex and all and that. Sex, and like yeah. you,
2: you don't want to expose a, a, a young kid to that sort of world. Yeah, you know? yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's, but she she talks about him so much, and then you know Dirk Diggler kind of like replaces the son, I guess, in like a very weird, borderline and susty way. Like yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, but I actually really love their relationship, and it was probably my favorite relationship. Was was Dirk and, and Amber's relationship? I thought it was very cute and sweet, and they clearly like really cared about each other. And yeah, yeah. I think
1: I think you could. I mean, the movie was about the porn industry, but I think you could almost replace some of the things with just being a celebrity. Like yeah. if you put really young, really attractive, really rich people in a room together, I think the same. Activities are going to happen, the same drugs are going to start showing up, the same, you know, just the same mistakes, the same things. So, yeah, I think it's just any, like, when you reach a certain level of fame, there's always decisions that are made that maybe aren't the best for you or the people around you. And it's unfortunate because this movie plays on like you said like the prejudice that people have about porn stars like later when Don Cheadle is trying to get a loan for a legitimate stereo business from the mm-hmm. bank and the bank won't give it to him because he he did porno films you know
2: can we, so there's talk, this about, like- can we talk about Buck for a minute because <laughs> both Lauren and I were like and maybe this is one of those things where you have to watch it a second time in order to pick it up but we're both like why, who is Buck? Why is he here? Like, he sells hi-fi equipment, and then he's, like, at these parties, and then later on, you find out he's a porn actor, but you don't see him in action, you don't see him on the set, or at least I don't remember seeing him, so it was one of those things where it's, like, why is he here? I mean, I enjoy his character, but I don't understand.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you that you never see him in the actual movies and you don't really know his role in the movies until he says, I'm an actor, not a pornographer, you know, so you think, okay, so he was in the movies at one time, but I think what I like to think of it as Burt Reynolds is like the sun and all these people are just like planets and they're just orbiting him and I think like he gives them a certain level of fame and he gives them a certain level of money and they all just keep coming back and hanging around and he has these really open and friendly parties. He basically has like an open door policy in his home. And I think sort of like, you know, they just keep, they're all just sort of orbiting around him forever. Cause yeah, you're right. You never see him helping in the movies. You never see him do anything but sell a stereo at a store that's not connected to the porn industry at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just, you know, they're just all enamored with the life that he can give them, that Jack gives them, you
0: know, that's, that's I think, what I think. I think it would have been interesting to see, um, Buck be part of the actual like pornography because I know that there was a lot of, um, people who would refuse to work with black people, um. And, like, would, like, would refuse to, like, have sex with them and stuff like that. And even, like, people who found out that, or, like, men who found out that women had sex with black guys would, like, not have sex with them. And it was, like, this whole really, like, messed up thing about that. And I, I, it kind of seemed like Buck was, like, shoved in there almost. Like, an almost, to me, he could have been taken out and it wouldn't have really made a difference yeah. to the movie. But... I don't like that because I would have rather seen like, if you're going to include him in there, I would have rather seen him have like, like he had a character arc. So like, why wasn't he more centralized as far as, you know, showing him actually as a porn, you know, a a porn actor. It's like, that movie is like two hours and forty minutes, and you can't include like one scene with Buck having sex with someone, or even
2: just have him in the background in a like a like a terry cloth robe, like clearly about to, like John St. Riley's. Yeah, character. yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, like you do yeah. need to see him acting because, like, you 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 know, like you see him like sitting next to one of the ladies in a robe, and you're like, oh, he's an actor. Okay, right. That's all
0: you need. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I definitely could have. I think they could have included that a little bit more for sure.
1: Yeah. I guess, I guess his role could have been interchangeable with anybody. Like maybe him and uh, him and John C. Riley should have switched places in casting wise. Yeah. Because I like the story of somebody who has aspirations beyond porn. And they're trapped, you know, like he, he wants to move into a different line of work. He has a passion about stereos and stereo equipment, but he can't, he, he, can't do it through honest means because of the prejudice against him so I like that storyline but I agree with you just like maybe to make it more diverse maybe make Jack's movies more diverse maybe he should have been in a bigger role and they should have showed a different star trying to break out you know
0: yeah 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 um, I agree with that I, I was disappointed that he that it wasn't until the end that we were like oh He's a porn star. I didn't know that, you know? And that, that seemed pretty vital to his storyline. <laughs> like it was just, you know, and to have that not
2: included, I thought was very odd. Also, another odd thing is, like, so you've got these, these. I'm sure there are different tiers of, like, earnings and whatnot. So, like, Dirk Diggler is, like, the big star, so he gets, like, the fancy house with the Asian room, and I know karate and all this shit. <laughs> and then, like, John C. Reilly's character, like, I can't remember the character's name, but Reed. Reed. Reed is just, like, he's just kind of hanging out, but it's, like, Bach has, like, a day job. Yeah. And it's, like, why do you need a day job if you're a successful porn actor? Like, you think that you could make ends meet with just the porn.
0: Yeah. It's- and I mean like he could have be, been paid less though well, so because he was
2: because he was black, he or, was black guy, or, yeah. or he was like a minor actor and like you could argue that like maybe he you know Siri equipment because it was a passion of his, but then there's that weird scene when he's trying to sell the hi-fi system and he clearly doesn't know what he's talking about, and he's like resting his coffee cup on this expensive fucking equipment and he's playing fucking country music to try and sell the bass levels. Like, dude, you don't know. Oh my God. did you just walk in here and start trying to sell a stranger a hi-fi system like it's very strange like when he started playing country music i was like
0: dude he's like no i mean come, and, come on. on like yeah <laughs> and then his uh his boss was like you can't keep fucking playing country music man like he's like it doesn't work it's like, <laughs> yeah i liked i liked
1: his character's misguidedness like yeah he was passionate about things, but he couldn't get other people on board with him until later when he met the other porn star and they sort of hit it off, which I thought was kind of cute, but like cute. he was, he was trying to sell like cowboy shirts and Becky, one of the other women was like cowboy went out like six years ago and he's like no it's coming back and she's like nobody was getting on board with him and then later i don't know who he was mimicking but at that new year's Eve party oh he was God. dressed pretty wi- wildly you know and yeah. and, and so
0: rick
2: james, he's an interesting maybe? character hmm?
1: rick james maybe oh maybe
2: yeah he's he an interesting character
1: rick. but maybe like in a movie that's so full of other stories maybe his didn't need to happen, you know.
2: It was, it yeah, it was like it was like a separate thing, like all on its own.
0: You yeah, know? and
2: like some some of the like they have that the thing like when he takes off the wig and he's like, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, sunsets. You know, and it's like you were just sitting there staring off into nothing. What were we just talking about? What? <laughs>
0: What the hell? This is I know So, strange.
2: so I, trippy It's I, like a wrench just thrown into the movie just to see if you're paying attention yeah I really <laughs> wish
0: they included more with Buck I, I felt that that could have been a more interesting certainly like a, at least like emotional and compelling aspect of the story you know and uh I definitely think that the, the mark was missed on that one yeah, sure. Well,
2: I don't know though because when he's in the donut shop and that like the guy oh, pulls shit, out that's the gun oh, and god. then the other guy pulls out the gun and we're both like, no fucking buck, don't die! Oh my god, he's gonna get shot in the head. He's wearing all white. He's gonna be a martyr. Like that's just oh my god. And then like he survives. And then he takes the money and everything works out beautifully for him. But like, that was emotionally yeah, hard. Yeah, we were, we were uh, like, no, uh, no, no. A minor <laughs> character too. Like we yeah. were freaking out. We were. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's true. We were, we were definitely invested in Buck for sure. Yeah. It was anyway. I don't know if I can speak for you, but. Oh yeah. But, yeah. I mean, despite all my
2: catching, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, do you guys want to talk about William H. Macy? (laughs)
2: Yes,
0: yes. (laughs) So, I I felt bad for the guy, but I thought the whole wife, the whole thing with like the wife having sex with like everyone else but him was
2: hilarious. (laughs) It was.
0: It was like (laughs) he walks in on her like at his home, and she's like, "What do you want?" And like the guy is like literally inside her, and she's like you can leave. I'm having sex right now. And then she's like talking to the dude and she's like, oh, stud, don't stop
2: or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty sad.
1: Like it is, yeah. he, he walks in on her having sex and at that party at Jack's yeah. house, she's having sex on the driveway with a bunch of people standing around and he comes <laughs> up and she's like, you're embarrassing me. Like, why would he stay with her? I have no idea. And then at the, at the party, at the New Year's Eve party, the 1979 into 1980 party, he walks in on her having sex again. And I actually was like, I like she in my head. I cheered him on a little after he killed her, <laughs> <laughs> but I remembered that he committed suicide. Uh, so I thought you know like that part was pretty sad. But I was like, good for you for murdering your wife and whoever she <laughs> was having sex with, like. And then he killed himself at the party. But yeah, no, his care—it was sad. That was a sad storyline. I—I don't know if I necess- i didn't really care for it. I'm gonna be honest. I like—I liked John Cheadle's part. Didn't care for the William H.
0: Macy storyline at all. I it could have not funny. been I in there. Of, I thought it was very, like darkly funny. I—I—I I, I liked it. <laughs>
2: there, were, there were two things that I noticed about the William H. Macy thing. They were—they were like technical issues with the movie itself. And so, like the first one was um when the wife is having sex on the driveway and there's this this great scene where there's like just a bunch of people and they're like further down the driveway and William H. Macy's character is talking to that other guy and it's like here's this like sex thing literally between them it's a huge distraction and if you listen to William H. Macy he fucks up his line but uh, it's like, because you're so distracted, you're like, oh, okay. And then, and then he, says, like, he, says, he says, yeah, my wife is down there with an ass in her cock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so Lauren was like, well, he probably just is like so flustered that he mistake, made a mistake as a character. And I'm like, no, that was definitely an acting mistake. But they were like, the scene is so great that we're just, nobody's going to notice, which of course we noticed right away. Right, right. Um, and then the second thing was right after he shoots the wife, uh and he goes to blow off his own brains if you watch it really closely the blood splatters before the gun goes off oh yeah. really it. Yeah, we second, it. but yes, it's it's too early she was
0: like oh my god look she's like it she's like there's brain on the wall before the gun goes off and i was like really and i rewinded it and i was like watching it and i was like shit there right. it is." yeah
2: can't get past them. yeah no <laughs> i did I not notice that funny.
1: but the the scene where he flubs his line i had sort of a different take on that i think that um when you first i feel i felt like that was intentional because his character would have been flustered but i also thought it was a viewer it was something to shock the viewer like oh she's having anal sex you know like Because when he first walks up on her, like, you don't really know what kind of sex she's having. yeah. And then, so I thought, like, it was a clever way for them to say she's having anal sex, but say it in in a slightly funny way, but also more layered, the fact that he's flustered. So I felt like it's possible that it was an acting mistake and they left it in because they're like, that was so much better. Or I think either way... I think that it was a way to like sort of be like, oh, so the viewer is like, oh, she's not just having like normal, quote unquote, like the regular kind of sex for men and women to have. She's having anal right. sex on a driveway in front of a group, you know? So it's it yeah. was kind of
2: probably a happy mistake.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like it mutually beneficial for her.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. It was it was good. It
0: was a good mistake, either way. I'm and gonna
1: yeah, that I didn't I did not notice the the blood splatter though. That's interesting
0: it's it is it's very very quick very quick yeah (laughs) split second yeah 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 yeah. i mean i didn't catch it at first so but um i don't know i it was to me it was very darkly funny i i thought that whole storyline was like i thought it was hilarious
2: (laughs) so yeah
0: yeah 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 um I I feel really bad for him, and obviously he's very emasculated by his wife that has absolutely no problem, you know, like like screwing him over, you know. Um, but other than that, to me, I laughed. I left a couple times.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, no, speaking I, of guns, you remember there was that scene when they go into um, uh, Alfred Molina's like drug house and the, the one guy whose name I don't remember with the mustache he's like oh, we're had yeah he's like there's a safe under the bed we're gonna get all the money out of it and then like things go south and he just like pulls out a gun and I'm like you walk into a drug house with a gun and everybody you think you're not going to get shot immediately everybody has like three their person yeah on. Alfred Molina like his his silk robe—that's like the only thing he's wearing. He like pulls out like fucking like three pistols. Yeah, come on. Yeah.
1: Well, and he was playing yeah. Russian roulette before, right before that. So he had a gun in his hands. So yeah, it was pretty,
0: pretty crazy. I. And at we were, first, were like talking about what he might be on, like, we were like Oh yeah, he was smoking, smoking crack, weed. I believe. Yeah. No, I, 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 I think we think he was smoking weed. It looked like a bond. It looked. Oh like, okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He was probably on like several drugs at the time
0: because weed is like, it doesn't make you react that way. It's very like mellow, you know, you're not going to like flip out and stuff like that. But, um, I mean something like cocaine. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna be like erratic and weird. and like. like, well, I mean, I don't know. I've never tried cocaine, but you know, it's like, you know, um, but it, it, it's just, it was just funny like seeing him he's just all over the place you know and very manic very manic and very dangerous and scary that scene was a little scary yeah That's-
1: it was a little scary because you didn't know who was going to make it out alive and who wasn't yeah. And then he chased yeah. them out of the house with a shotgun. Yeah. So Mark Wahlberg and John C. Riley were able to escape the house, but then you're like, oh my gosh, is one of them going to get shot on the street? Because they're trying to get yeah. into his car. <laughs> and he keeps shooting the windows out. And yeah, it was very intense.
0: Yeah, great. Very... It was good though.
1: So I really liked the character of Roller Girl and I thought her storyline was pretty sad. Um, like she starts, you, you see her in the club in the opening scene and then you see her in like a high school class the next day.
0: Yeah, it's pretty in-
1: pretty sad.
0: Yeah, there's a that guy that's like um, mimicking, like giving a blowjob, and then like like mouthing the words like "I love sucking cock," and it was just so. Ugh, I mean,
1: like, well, I assume that they had seen her movies, like they were yeah. teasing her.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, so distressing though like of course she can't concentrate and she leaves you know Mm -hmm. um but i mean that that then comes into play later right doesn't it with one of the guys
2: yeah like when um when they're doing the like hey we're gonna like videotape you having a random sexual encounter with some joe schmo off the street which first of all like that it violates so many things. Like, I know this was before the AIDS crisis, but there were still a lot of, like, STIs out there. And, like, you, this is some random guy. You don't know what he's going to do. And, and Lauren was, like, I think it might be staged, but then listening to the guy's conversation where he's, like, oh, yeah, I've seen all your movies and all this stuff. And we're, like, oh, no, this is definitely a rando. Yeah. You know? And then there's that whole thing where, like, he's insulting her. And he's, like you got me all hot and bothered and you're not even going to finish the job. And it's like, you insulted her, you piece of fucking shit. Like, yeah. it's, it's like, I don't even want to go down that whole rabbit hole of like misogyny in like the seventies and all that. But then she like fucking stomps him with her roller skates. It's like, you feel bad because she's like murdering a guy, but it's like, yeah, go roller girl. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That scene was, um,
0: I think a lot of mixed feelings in that scene because you're like fuck that guy, but you're
2: also like, well, don't like commit fucking murder. But at the same time, you're like, well, I mean, you know, it was like (laughs) symbolic too because she's like stomping not just this random creep, but like all the people who were like that to her before.
0: Yeah, you know. Yeah, and he was someone that was from her high school, and uh, I mean, yeah, but he was he was being totally like, ugh, and. Awful and you really you really don't feel a lot of empathy for that guy. You're kinda like, hmm. I I think there's
1: an interesting overlying message in the movie is that and something that I really liked about it is that like your time on the top is pretty limited. Like Dirk Diggler was even starting to possibly get replaced by a younger model, you know? And and like someone like Roller Girl who is young and pretty, but dropped out of high school. And, you know, eventually her days are are numbered as well. And she doesn't have any, anything outside of this, this lifestyle, this, the porn business and the group that she hangs out with. And, and so, yeah, I thought it was really sad. I really, I really don't like the scene. I like it because I think it's really good in the movie, but I don't like to watch it. The scene in the car where, um jack is like telling him like you know make it make it look good don't just you know stick it in like the guy was just like trying to have sex with a porn star he wasn't trying to make a porn and he was kind of hurting her and she was complaining she was like jack this is a bad idea and i really like that jack like protected her almost like he was like okay we're gonna stop this and then he beat the guy up and so i like that I think that scene is so hard to watch, but I like it, but it's so sad. But I and I also I can't remember if it was before this or after this where she's talking to Julianne Moore about wanting to get her GED. And I yeah. like that at the end you see her in a classroom, like presumably getting her GED. So she is like moving forward. And I think that's that's one of the things I like about this movie is just like all the characters take a journey and um and like Dirk gets jealous of the new guy that's coming in and leaves, but then he eventually comes back to the porn business with Jack. You know what I mean? And, and I, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's interesting. Like it's, it's sad and it's hard to watch, but I, I like that Jack sort of takes care of them.
0: Yeah. It's, I, I, the porn industry then versus now is so different because women now are basically like, um, like the longest that like women usually last in the porn industry is about eight months. That's like, I mean, unless you like really make it big, like Nina Hartley, who's been around for like decades and she's like made like instructional pornography videos and stuff like that. Um, but again, she's like very rare, you know? And, and there were a lot of, I think porn stars in like the eighties and and the seventies and stuff that, essentially made pretty big names for themselves and they weren't replaced all the time, you know, like they are nowadays. And so I think if someone in that time can really make a big name for themselves, they could be in the industry for a very long time. But again, that's very rare. And nowadays it's almost
2: impossible. Especially if they're women. Well, there, there was this documentary I saw just as like a side note. And they were talking about like, uh, modern practices in the porn industry so like if if a woman is like a porn actress in like a professional like setting with like a film crew and all this stuff she's not going to make very much <clears throat> like on any one project or like over the year whereas like now you've got a lot of these women who are like quote-unquote amateurs who are doing like only fans and they're making a fuck ton of money but the reason why is because it's like very curated like for individual like patrons so it is in a way becoming another art form Mm -hmm. because it's much more private as opposed to just for like a general public but on the other hand it's also really cool to see these young women who are just like you know what i'm worth a lot more than 12 grand for one project so we're gonna charge more and we're gonna make it and it's like you know what good for you
0: yeah 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 um It's, you know, I mean, it's just so saturated that you can just find it anywhere, too. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, back in that time, stuff like Deep Throat, which is what John Holmes like really got famous for, um, that was like the thing where everyone was like, did you see Deep Throat? (laughs) You know, like everyone was like, ooh, yeah, I did see it. And it's like super naughty because like people are like, oh, I went to the theater to go watch Deep Throat you know, uh, but nowadays, I mean, you just open up your browser and you're like porn and then it's just there and it's, it's always, it's just always available. So it's not special or unique or it, it's, it's just always there. And that's part of, you know, why like women in the porn industry don't last as long as because there's just so much of it that it doesn't matter. Like, you can be the cutest girl alive, but there's some other cute girl out there that's just gonna replace you in eight months. So,
2: bye, you know? Yeah. Lisa. I don't remember what it was called. us on email. Mm-hmm. They were talking also about how, like, there's this one guy who owns, like, all of these different, like, porn websites. And they're like, you're showing this stuff for free. How are you making money? Simple, because it's ad revenue. Mm. so he makes all of his money basically through ads you know so that really screws the like artists you know and the people actually making the material because they're getting paid pennies and he's getting paid millions yeah i i
0: like listen i think it was a podcast about this guy who basically created streaming porn and the guy is a multi-fucking millionaire from this that might be
2: the same guy
0: yeah yeah it probably is and I mean, he's got, like, hundreds, hundreds of porn sites that has all this streaming porn. And it was a brilliant move on his part for the pornography, or you know, for the, the porn stars. It really screwed them over. And it made it less of an art form. And, again, it made it very oversaturated where there's anyone who has a camera, you know, can put shit out there. So, yeah.
1: And you can kind of see that in this movie. Something that I liked is when, like, near the end of the film era, when Dirk was starting to, you know, the younger guy was coming in, and Dirk got mad and left. And then they tried to sort of recreate the magic. Like, Dirk had the idea for, like, um, the the crime-solving porn star. Mm-hmm. And then they tried to recreate that when they were using, like, video with this new younger guy. But the new younger guy was, like, way harsher and, and crueler, and the movies weren't, like they weren't nuanced at all. It was just like him, like holding a gun to a woman's head as she gave him a blowjob, And yeah, so you could tell that cool. they were like trying to recreate the magic of the seventies with Dirk, but it was already becoming like, it was already yeah. becoming a, a worse industry. And I thought that that was, that was pretty interesting. Like even Burt Reynolds knew that the magic was gone, but they were just still churning them out because that's how they made money, you know? Right. And so I thought that was, that was an interesting little tidbit in the movie.
2: Um. I I got a huge kick out of those, like, those little clips when you've got uh, Dirk and Reed, like, doing, like, their crime thing and, like, (laughs) Reed is, like, running around a corner and, like, empty boxes are flying and all this shit. And I was, like, having hardcore flashbacks to film school because it was just, like, a student film. (laughs) Terrible and wonderful, but mostly terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Enjoyed it thoroughly. (laughs) I loved how they were,
1: like, young boys when they were pitching the idea to him. Yes. They're, like, I don't remember what his name was. Brock, some, Brock Landers, maybe? Brock Landers. Chest. Chest. Chest uh, Rockwell or Rockwell. <laughs> or yeah, like, and they were, Chester. like, and here are our names. And then you could tell that, like, they really liked doing the intro to the movies. Because, yeah, they were doing, like, ridiculous crime stunts and things. <laughs> yeah. I, it was,
0: it, it was, was pretty funny. Day. Yeah. Yeah it was it was charming and then you know they created and you know made these characters and they showed that there was like eight or like seven or eight movies that they had done of these characters yeah a series yeah there was like a whole series of them and they and they were like they were charming it was like these charming porn movies (laughs) yeah and
1: i like when dirk won an award he won like the i don't know porno Oscar I guess and he and he was like his his speech was so sincere and innocent he's like guys I'm just putting my heart into this and and I love what I'm doing and we're gonna do better and I'm gonna do better and we're all gonna do better together and everybody was like rallying behind him it was so like he's such a sweet character he's so innocent even (laughs) though he's a porn star you know like he's just so uh, what you see is what you get, you know? And, and I, I really liked that. I, I liked that as a character, I could get behind him. I could empathize with him. I could see why he got angry when the younger guy came in and then why he went bonkers. Cause he started doing drugs and I, and I just, his journey is, is really well done. I, I think
0: it's, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, well, so John Holmes That was what they said with him was that um, women really liked working with him because he was very gentle and he was kind. But as he started to um, get into drugs and everything, he became like a lot ruder and wasn't as as gentle and kind and stuff like that. Um,
2: Well, there's that thing when he's like, like Sam, like you said, when he receives the awards the first time, he's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. One thing, my mom, thank, well, not my mom, but you know, I'm no, always thought his, mom, his yeah. mom was the worst. My but god, when he receives, I think it's the last award that he gets in the movie, he's just like, Yeah, thanks, bye.
0: Yeah, 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 that's in, very indicative of whose journey, as far as you know, he went from this, this kind boy to uh, who probably really just wanted like attention and affection. Yeah, a psychopath. Like, I mean, she was so verbally abusive and awful. And, um, you know, and then drugs really, really messes with your mind and can create a lot of mental issues and a lot of mental problems. And it's very clear with, um, his drug use that it's just having him spiral down a path where he is, he's not the same person that he was, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, like the scene when he gets in the fight and leaves the set, like they're doing like crystal meth right before that. And then he goes into the bathroom and he's like, okay, we're going to film. And he tries to masturbate, but he can't, he can't get an erection. Mm-hmm. And then finally he's ready and he goes out and flips out because they're not ready. And I, I liked how Jack gave him multiple times, just like go cool off. He's like, go cool off. We'll come get you when we're ready. And he just wasn't having it. And then I really liked how later in the movie, when he came back to Jack, Jack just like embraced him, and I thought that was so nice. Where he's just like, "I need help," and Jack just gave him a hug. Like it's like, it's like a prodigal son story, you know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah.
0: it's, it's he's just very humbled.
1: Even yeah, and even at his worst, like I never hated his character. I never thought he was like, "Ugh, I'm so sick of this guy." Like you know, his journey just seemed very normal. Like, yeah, you're like I've said. A couple times, like you're going into a world where money and drugs are probably flowing very freely. So of course you're going to spiral after a while,
0: you know?
2: Yeah. And, well, it's, you're going
0: from a nobody to everyone suddenly being like, you know, you're the golden boy of pornography. Yes. Yeah. And this whole like community and industry that is behind you and um and like essentially like worshiping you. It's understandable that. When someone goes, hey, do you want to do this, like, designer drug? It's called cocaine. He's like, sure. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I'm on the top of the world. What can go wrong, well, you know? To
2: be honest, though, he was kind of resistant. Because- yeah uh amber waves was like just try that just try it and oh that's like, right he was oh, yeah I, I mean, okay i guess and then he like does the one nostril and he's like no i'm i'm good and she's like no no you have to do the other and he's like it tastes like aspirin i don't like it and she's like just do the other no okay fine you know so he was actually talked into it it's not yeah like to it with like his you know eyes shining true. that's true Oblivious. yeah you make a good point you're right
0: about that
1: yeah um also somebody we haven't talked to yet is philip seymour hoffman his character yeah, everybody Yes. I I really liked his character cuz he was so mousy and I liked that he was obviously basically a closeted homosexual oh, they, uh, and yeah, I thought right. he portrayed that role so well as like somebody who obviously has a, a little crush on Dirk but oh, yeah. he's still closeted so he can't just come right out and say it. He's not very free. Like he's not like sexually liberated or anything. And he tries to kiss Dirk and Dirk is like, what are you doing? And he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. You just look at me sometimes. And it's like, I like that Dirk's kindness would be confused with like him wanting Philip Seymour Hoffman to kiss him, you know, but they stayed friends after that. And I thought that that was really cool. Like just really (laughs) neat. Everyone in this movie was just so nice to each other for the most. You know what I mean? Like, not all the time, but I was just, like, he, like, Dirk wasn't, Dirk didn't want to kiss Philip Seymour Hoffman, but he wasn't, like, so put off that he stopped being friends with him or hanging around him, you know?
2: In a way, he also protected him because, like, in the 70s, like, I mean, even in recent history, it's, like, what, the last, like, decade or so that, like, people are way more open to, like, homosexuality. Even now, we've still got a long way to go, but in the 70s, it was extremely taboo. And he yeah easily outed him and made his life hell and he didn't at all yeah didn't. he just is like okay please you know please don't do that again i, I don't you know you're, you're my friend but please just like i can't hurt you right now but you know like it's okay just please don't do that again yeah you know yeah I, I did i did really like how when um um what's the character's name again uh philip seymour hoffman scotty scotty so when he like first meets Dirk diggler and he's got like the clipboard with like the pen sticking through the top of it, and he keeps yes. blowing the pen and it's yes. like he wants his dick he, he wants so bad that was just that was like really, really good bad. subtle was, did i imagine that that was probably like a touch that philip seymour hoffman added because he was just a really good actor like that He's just like, here's a little visual cue. <laughs> <laughs> like, and one of the first
0: things he said, he's like, oh, you, you look really sexy. And <laughs> he's like, hey, yeah, you look really sexy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, and I I loved that part. It was just, just this little like nervous, like what you said, like this little mousy guy, like I, and i love philip seymour hoffman we were talking about him and we were like oh philip seymour hoffman i love that guy that was so talented.
1: there uh, was this scene that see that same scene you're talking about where he's leading him through the house to the first shoot he that made me laugh out loud so he gets philip seymour hoffman gets to the top of the stairs and there's a door there and he says it's right down here and he opens the door and dirk diggler goes through but then philip seymour hoffman quickly passes him on this very narrow, short stairway so he can get to the bottom and open the door for him. (laughs) I don't know, it's so subtle, but I I like that. But also, I like that he's so, he's like he likes Dirk, he has a little crush on him, but he wants to be him almost and he like buys the same Corvette as Dirk buys. (laughs) And Dirk is still so like gracious, he's like, oh, that's such a cool car when he could easily have said scotty you bought the exact same car as me you know but instead he was just like wow that looks really cool and i I don't know i just i really enjoyed that little likeable character
2: super naive Yes. yes like i i sort of like how because of the time period and the fact that like homosexuality was not an accepted thing it's like you look at scotty you look at this this massive crush he has and it's like you can basically see this character's future like he's just gonna have a bunch of unrequited loves and he's just going to be like like sad for most yeah. of because he can't embrace who he is because of the time right you know and yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's
0: a tragic character it is very much very much so yeah.
1: yeah i also thought of something else about dirk that um it was kind of an interesting character trait is he was very obsessed with looking cool yeah, Like the first time he started cocaine, he said to, to Amber, do I look cool? I'm doing it, you know? And just like over and over through the movie, he was like, do I look cool? How do I look? Do I look cool? And I liked that that little trait as well. Like even though he's super lovable and loving and naive, he still like gets increasingly more full of himself, you know, or maybe he's like a little bit self-conscious. I don't know. I liked that little trait of his.
0: I like when he was having sex with Amber, and he's like, is it okay if I make it sexy?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Of course it is. (laughs) Well, I think think it also speaks to, like, the age of the character. Because when you first meet him, he's 17, which isn't even a legal adult. And the same thing with Roller Girl. She's in high school, so chances are she's not a legal adult either. But you have all these adults who, yeah, they're putting them in this... This situation where they are, you know, they're, they're being respected for the most part. Like, they're they're being met with kindness and with love and affection and all this. But they are being preyed upon when you really think about it. These oh, yeah, for sure. Predators, mm-hmm. whether they realize it or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. hmm
2: Yeah.
0: Um, very interesting story. But they... I, I kind of would have liked to see it more be a, more of like a biopic about John, John Holmes just because, like, his story is so much more tragic. Than, Did he murder people? So, there, there, um, what happened is he was friends with this guy named Eddie Nash, which I think was Alfred Molina's character essentially, like, kind of, you kind of like assume that it's his character. Because Eddie Nash was, like, really into drugs, and he had a lot of money, like, like, and what John Holmes did was he owed these guys called the Wonderland Gang a bunch of money after, like, using their drugs and everything like that, and he basically led them to Eddie Nash's house where they had stolen a bunch of uh, Eddie Nash's stuff, and the next day, or, like, a couple days after, the Wonderland Gang were murdered. And it was, like, four people and one woman who survived, but she was, like, severely brain damaged. Um, and um, they found a handprint that John Holmes had on, like, it was one of the guy's uh, headboard. So they thought that he had killed them. But he was he was acquitted of all charges. But he was definitely part of it. Like, he was definitely, like, a big reason why all these people got murdered, you know? And, um, inevitably, I think that they ended up bringing in Eddie Nash to, um, like, because they thought that he was part of the murders too, which I think he was, but that didn't really go anywhere either. But he, uh, John Holmes Holmes ended up dying of AIDS. So he's kind of a tragic story. I don't. I kind of assume it wasn't probably from sex, but it was probably from intravenous drugs, drug use. Is That's my best guess. But that's definitely like, that's definitely an interesting story. And if anyone wants to listen to it, it's called The Wonderland Murders is by Wondery. It's a podcast. Um, I would check it out. If, you, if you're interested in Boogie Nights, The Wonderland Murders is definitely kind of an eye-opening story as far as who John Holmes was as a person and John Holmes kinda seemed like a piece of shit. Like really, like there was he was like married and then he started going into the porn and his wife was like, I don't want you to go into porn and he's like, Well, I have a big dick, so that's what I'm gonna do and she's like, Well, then we're never having sex again and she pretty much took care of him and he just did what he wanted and I don't know. I don't know why she stayed with him for so long, but I think it was just a product of the time where he didn't really get divorced, you know?
2: Mm-hmm
0: definitely definitely an interesting story. I, uh, Dirk Diggler has a much happier ending than John Holmes did. Uh, but yeah.
1: Yeah. Interesting. I I've never heard that story before. So Yeah. Yeah. We
0: did it for the podcast <laughs> every podcast. So <laughs> But yeah, I did like how for this episode. So
1: Yeah, I liked how people had basically happy endings in this movie. You know, like Don Cheadle was in the donut shop that got robbed, and yeah. he survived and took the money and was able to open the stereo store with his wife, and she had a baby. Yep. Yeah. And...
0: That poor, direct- that poor worker at the donut shop, though. I Look know. For that guy. And even the other dude who was, like, reading that magazine or whatever, like, he... I mean, you know, there was a robber who you, you don't really feel sorry that did that, but... Like, the donut shop worker was just, like, an innocent bystander, and he just got shot in the head. It was, like, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, well. Baby, and we were, like, looking at this beautiful little baby. We were, like, oh, cute, so cute.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so they have the baby, and then Dirk and Reed come back to make movies with Jack mm-hmm. and Julianne Moore. They had the pretty sad scene in the um the custody hearing yeah, where her ex-husband came in and was like, my wife does porn and I didn't want our son in a house full of drugs and porn stars. And then she's crying outside the, the courthouse. That was a pretty emotional scene. But in, in a similar time of the movie, she talks about how she misses Dirk because he's like her surrogate son. And yeah. so then Dirk, you know, like also comes back to her, you know? So she's, uh, she's, yeah. Still in the business, but they're all together again. And then um, Heather Graham is taking a GED or taking the class like GED, like we said. But then there's this really like I don't I don't like it. It's a very brief scene, and it's the big the production guy who went to jail for pet, like child pornography, basically like getting beat up by his cellmate. Oh, that was so disturbing. Yeah, like I'm not saying like. Too. I know the crimes he did were really terrible, but I was like, oh, do they have to show that? It's
0: so brief, but I really didn't like it because it's... No, I didn't. It was very uncomfortable. And you're right. It was very fast. It was like not even probably a minute long, but it was... You're right. It was like really like... It kind of just put you like, oh. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't really know what kind of reaction that was supposed to incite from the audience, but it didn't necessarily feel like it should have been there, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I I just,
1: there's something really off-putting about seeing a very old man crying and scared and beat Mm -hmm. up and being, like, manhandled by a cellmate. Even though he did heinous things, obviously, like, he, you know, he slept with very underage girls and had the, the rest, but I just, I didn't. I didn't like that very brief flash. I think it's just to show you, like, he doesn't, not everyone has a happy ending, you know?
0: Yeah, no, it, that was definitely, I agree with you. It was, um, I don't know how necessary it was, but it, it like, it, it put you on edge. Well, it was, it sure. was, it
2: was a punishment thing, too, because That's before true. then, like, you see him, like, in the, like, containment cell or whatever, and he's talking to Jack, and he's just like, Like, yeah, it was an underage girl. And then there was the other thing. And Jack is like, oh, no, what What did you do? You know, it's like you don't you don't see him paying for his crimes. So this is like him paying for his crimes, which which like it kind of makes me think of like fan service almost, because you've got all these people who like wouldn't necessarily have happy endings. But look, they all have happy endings. And look, the pedophile gets his ass beat. Yeah. Yeah. But now. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that scene was it was definitely disturbing, though. Um, Yeah. But um, I wanted to talk about, too, about when Amber brings uh, Dirk into, like, it's like the New Year's party or New Year's Eve party or whatever. And she brings him to the bedroom and she's like, I just want to tell you how much I love you, how much I care about you. And I thought that was really, really cute and sweet. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that scene as well where she she pulls him away from another woman and the other woman's look is like, okay. <laughs> she's so irritated. She's like, yeah. There you go. <laughs> but then yeah, Julianne Moore is just so like, she's like a mom, mom slash co-star weirdly. Yeah. 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 And then she kisses him, which is really interesting. Cause she's like, I just love you. I love working with you and you've done so much for everybody. And then she kisses him. And right after that, he gets kissed by Philip Seymour Hoffman. So it's like, everyone wants a piece of dirt, you know, but yeah, yeah. I thought that was really sweet, I agree. I like their relationship a lot. It's very sweet. Yeah.
0: It was, it was very, just, I, it was good. I, I thought it was very. It was very sweet.
2: I, I had a couple of just little, like they're not even, they're, they're like just honorable mentions type things. Um, I, know. I, I appreciated that when it became the 80s, John C. Riley like fully embraced the fashion of the time. Period. <laughs> He's always wearing those like Michael Jackson jackets and I'm like, okay, I dig it. I dig it. Um, Mark Wahlberg's wig was a of its own.
0: She's <laughs> like, she's like, what is that? What is that on his head? Is that a wig? And I'm like, I think that's his right hair.
2: She goes, No, it's that's a wig. For his head. It's too big. He's definitely wearing a wig. And then in the very end, you know, when he's like in the dressing room, the very last scene, like, there's a fucking wig sitting there on a mannequin. Yeah. Is, I told you there was a way she was <laughs> right she was right and then sassy uh, girl <laughs> right. and then the last thing and I thought this was really funny and like it was totally not on purpose but like I, I think it's when Dirk Diggler has like his housewarming party and like you're seeing all the cool rooms and there's like a portrait of him but it looks like a portrait of Rain Wilson
1: oh my gosh I didn't see that I
2: didn't yeah, notice I watched it. It, again.
0: it looks exactly like Rain Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> we were started laughing. We were like, is that supposed to be Mark Wahlberg? Because it doesn't look like him. And she goes, Oh my God, it looks like Rain. What's his name? And I was like, Wilson. And she's like, It looks like Rain Wilson. And I was like, Shit, it does look like Rain Wilson. <laughs> um Yeah, no, overall I think this movie it was um it was good. I, I liked it a lot more than I anticipated that I would. Yeah, I would same. I would recommend it for sure. Same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: same i would recommend it it's pretty filthy i wouldn't recommend it to watch with like your grandparents or
0: something (laughs) speaking of grandparents the the furniture that was in the bedroom furniture that was in um jack's house i swear i was like oh my god i swear that my my italian grandparents or grandma my grandpa wasn't italian but my mom's parents I think that they had that headboard and that dresser. Like, I'm not even. Wow, kidding. I've seen that in real life. Like, <laughs> this is weird. That's cool. That's funny. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's no, funny. I, I would recommend it. I think it's, like I said, one of his best. I think it is his best. It's my favorite movie of his that I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, and um, the interesting characters that keep you definitely like compelled to watch more, and you mm-hmm. want to see their arcs, and you want to see them succeed, and and yeah. Um, I think the only one that I like really, I mean, and he was just such a small part was that Johnny Doe guy made me want to punch him in the face. He was so irritating.
2: That was on purpose. Yeah, no. I think so too. <laughs> um, fabulous hair, though. He yeah. nice does. <laughs>
0: Beautiful hair. But yeah, cool. All right, well, you can follow us on um we're on soundcloud we're on spotify itunes if you like our stuff please leave us five stars on itunes uh we're on google play and stitcher and um i think that's it (laughs) right on instagram at watchers of movies on facebook at watchers of movies and check out our new website at watchersofmovies.weebly.com and thank you to mike for our theme music
1: Yes. Thank you, Mike. Mike Myers. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show forty two. Yep. And that's all. Yeah, thanks, Val, for being on. Yeah. And thank you, Val. You're
0: <laughs> you are welcome. Just came all the way here just to just yeah. to
1: us. <laughs> Thanks again to John for the suggestion.
0: Yes. It was a good one. It's a good yeah. one, John. You did good, kid. You did good. <laughs> right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.